Hello, and welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and I do hope you're enjoying the interviews I've been sharing. The focus of this podcast is on the creative people of Austin, Texas. My intention is to have conversations that are meaningful, inspiring, and in-depth, with the goal of making a connection first with the person I'm interviewing, hopefully adding value to their life and career, and then sharing that content with the local community and potentially anyone in the world. Please share any feedback you have and leave me a rating and review on iTunes. That could help others find the podcast and inspire them to take a chance and give it a try. And if you're listening to this through an app on your phone, be sure to visit austinarttalk.com on your computer to get the full effect of each episode's webpage and to follow the links provided that are relevant to the guests and what we talk about. Dawn Okoro is a figurative painter who uses bright and bold saturated colors. And as she has in her most recent exhibition, Punk Noir captured the spirit and presence of creative people in her community who live with a kind of punk attitude. It is such a fantastic exhibition, and after I saw it, I knew I had to interview Dawn. She's such a delightful person and really has a great work ethic and a lot of integrity in what she's trying to create, along with the positive effects it could have and the issues she wants to address. Please enjoy our conversation and be sure to get over to the Carver Museum before July 21st to see for yourself. Here is Dawn. Well, Dawn, thanks for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So for anyone that might not be familiar with you or your work, how would you kind of like summarize just to kind of get us started? You know, uh, my I'm a, I would consider myself a figurative painter. Uh, most, most, of, well, most of my work is um, paintings. Um, I mostly paint women. Um, it's mostly um, bright, um, saturated colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my work is very influenced by like um, fashion itself and uh, fashion editorials and mm-hmm. advertising. Yeah, and you'd actually have a really wonderful exhibit at the Carver Museum right now that I went to see last week and yeah definitely big bold beautiful people and colors and and I really encourage anyone and we'll talk about this at the end but I really encourage people to go see that exhibit which closes on July 21st July 21st so you still have some time if you're hearing this before then but I, I also really love how you went beyond the paintings onto the wall with certain designs. I just I had never seen anything like that before. I think it's so creative. Yeah, that that's that's something that was um, a fir- definitely a first um, for me. Um, that um, exhibition is curated by uh, by Carrie Adams, um, hmm. the assistant, the associate curator at the Carver, and um, I told him that I wanted. When people walked into the space, I wanted them to be like just sort of like overwhelmed with emotion, yeah. and and so he had the idea to 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 expand the space of the paintings by uh, painting the the walls um, the same color as some of the paintings. Yeah, it's so powerful, and I really enjoyed it. So I'm wondering, like, if you when you're kind of standing in the gallery looking at all your work that's up there now, could you ever have imagined when you were a kid that you would be doing that kind of work? I mean, did you, when did you first really think of yourself as an artist or when did you start doing creative things or how were you encouraged in that way? Um, I first discovered that I would be interested in maybe possibly being an artist when I, just as a child, I'm just by really just in elementary school, just be, just really just being able to draw good. You know, yeah. everyone's like, Oh, if there's like some kind of art project they want, you know, we want Dawn in our group and <laughs> just, just being, just being naturally good at it. But yeah. then, um, and then once I got to high school, you know, I just took as many art um, classes as I could just because I liked it. So it just was really an easy, you know, you know, art yeah. classes are just an easy class in high school. Um, but um, I wouldn't. I definitely wasn't encouraged, just because I at that time I, I just didn't know how to be an artist. I yeah. didn't know what what the next step is. My parents sure, surely weren't um, encouraging of that. They were like, "No, no, that that's an acute hobby to have, but no, you need to be a doctor <laughs> or a lawyer." So, yeah. um, so I was like, "Okay, fine, I'll just go pursue something else." But then I'll always then I'll eventually go be an artist later or something. Um, so that that. The whole um, becoming an artist and realizing artists for me that's that has always been complicated until now. I'm just, where I'm just really pretty much just embracing it at this point. Yeah. So that was somewhat of a struggle for you with your parents, like they were kind of like you got to go down this path and. 
I want to go down this other path. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's I'm still trying to clean clean up from that struggle. Um, oh wow! Because if I could go back, yeah, I would have just. I, I didn't study art in college. I studied other things. But if I could go back, yeah, I would have just um, studied art. You know, from from the beginning. But um, I, my parent, you know, I just wanted to please my parents, and I just wanted to do what I thought yeah. was the right thing at the time. So I just picked a random major, <laughs> okay, <laughs> which was I picked psychology, and I went to to UT and I majored in psychology. With um, at first I was pre med, and then once I got into some of those chemistry classes, I was like, nope, I'm not <laughs> pre med <laughs> pre med anymore. Yeah. Um, so then I eventually went went to law school and then graduated um, from law school. Wow. And then once I um, after going through that and um, doing an internship at a law firm, I just realized that law law is just not for me. I just want to do art. So then at, right after law school, um, I just mo- moved to New York just with, with the intent of just um, staying there and just doing my <laughs> doing yeah, my yeah, art yeah. thing. Um, and so I stayed in New York for, for about a year um, and ended up having to you know, come back to Texas. Um, and then I was really, really discouraged at that point. And then I really pretty much gave up art for like five years. Oh, wow. And then um, it was just a couple years ago that I was just like, well, I'm just re- really unhappy, and I just I can't su- suppress um, my my myself as an as an artist. Like that's just yeah. what I need to do. So so a couple years ago, I just kind of started picking up some unfinished pieces. You know, started finishing those, and then just kind of move, moving on from there. And so while you were studying psychology and studying law, were you doing any kind of creative? Thing or art at all on the side? Yeah, I was doing, well, I was doing a little bit of it in college when I was studying psychology, but it's funny, when I was in law school, I, I was definitely um, doing art at the same time, and it's funny, like, when I got my internship at a law firm, when they discovered that I was an artist, I ended up um, making more money doing um, portraits for, like, the like the partners, like, fa- family and stuff, <laughs> and, like, they, several people had paid me to make, you know, portraits at the, at the law firm, and so... Yeah. Um, and then also when I was in law school, like I, the art is like what helped me like stay, stay afloat um, mm. financially at, at the time. So I was kind of doing art and law at the same time. And I was um, in Houston for law school. And the good thing, I guess uh, to me, law, law feels like feels like a mistake for me. Like it, <laughs> it just feels like I went it, spent all this money, yeah. went through all this um, stress just for like sort of like a footnote in my life. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about it is that it put me in Houston, which I feel has a you know has a really good art scene, yeah. and so I was able to meet meet a mentor there and um, get involved there and show my work in Houston and um, get to know the people there, the, the other other artists there. So that was the the good thing about going oh, to law yeah, school yeah. is that it just ended up putting me in Houston for a while. Um, so so yeah, I was de- I was definitely um, doing art while studying these other things. And so I'm just thinking about like if you're if you were at a skill level in law school where you could do po- portraits for partners of the law firm, then you had developed your skills quite a bit over the years without really intentionally studying art. Yeah, um, I will say, if, if I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Um, so, so I graduated from UT with a psychology degree and then went back to my hometown, which is Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. That's where my my parents were living and, and so I worked, you know, got a job working for the state at the time doing like, like social work. And then, um, after about a year or so in Lubbock, I was like, okay, I have to get, I have to get out of Lubbock and at least get back to Austin. So I moved back to Austin. Um, and I would say about maybe about 2004, I made my first, my first go at trying to pursue art okay. professionally. Um, so I just, I was like, okay, so I, you know, I didn't go to arts, art school. So it's like, I don't, I feel like I don't have a lot of like the connections that a lot of people come out of art Mm -hmm. school with. So it's like, well, let me just put on a show in Austin. And so back then, this is, so this is now we're in 2005 and it's a little bit easier to just rent a space in Austin back then and just put on a show. So, um, I, I just put, put on a solo show at this place called Iron Gate Studios, which was used to be on deep East fifth street by like the the railroad tracks. And so I just, um, made some paintings and put on a solo show and then, you know, I, um, you know, bought an ad in the Chronicle and just, um, got some press cause my, my boyfriend who's, who's not my husband, my boyfriend yeah. um, was, was a news photographer. And so he helped me get a, a, a feature um, oh. on his station. And then, um, I got like a little write up with the Statesman and, and I just, um, put on a show, um, and then from there, um, I started showing, showing it a few, few other places and, you know, sent some of my paintings at some, di- at, to 
different cities for different group shows yeah. and and then then it was time to go to law school and then so but I conti- continued <laughs> okay. painting while in law school but yeah I just I think I just developed my skills by just um tri- trial and error and just just really just kind of just doing it and what was your work like back in 2005 and were you did you see like the seed of kind of like the issues that you address now in there I mean was it has that always been there yeah yeah for sure um I mentioned earlier that I am really influenced by by fashion and you know fashion photography so I I, I would flip through magazines and just really get inspired by um, the, these images, and I was just trying to figure out why. Um, what, what, when I was younger, I would just draw the draw the images that I some of the images that I, that I liked, mm-hmm. um, but I eventually um, started looking at these magazines and kind of paint or creating what I wanted to see. So I would mm. um, take like a lot of the take like a white model and like repaint this as a as a black model so yeah. so I was really just kind of just playing off of the the, the images that I, that I saw in in magazines so I was and I started to develop I guess a, a, a style a style that I liked which um and I I think I was a little a little bit influenced by Andy Warhol because I guess I just like color and I liked how he would have these um prints that were these bright colors um and just and it's just, just the simplicity in that so i started experimenting with just doing like back backgrounds that were just one solid flat color mm-hmm. and um i just did, did a did a whole lot of that even um you know way back in oh, 05 wow. okay so even from the beginning did you have kind of like series or were you just kind of generally working on different portraits cuz i know that now like even just looking at your catalog you have some very distinct series of work that have specific themes the the first time that i had an actual series was with that um first art show that i just put together oh, myself okay. and um I, I called that i just call i called it muse um that series was really um a lot of me taking taking the images from the magazines and then re reworking them as paintings so that the, the woman was um of, of color and yeah. i would and i would you know add put my own put my own style to it that was that was my that was my first series. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of um, oh, and then after that, um, while I was in law school, I did my next series, which I called um, Crown and Glory, because um, I was really really um, really thinking about um, how Black women are portrayed and mm-hmm. and our image and how we feel. And I started um, painting a lot of black women with with afros. So I think in, in that series, most of the women had natural hair afros. Because mm-hmm. in the in the black community, how do I say, um, it's been internalized that like the Eurocentric look is like the epitome of beauty. So like mm-hmm. that means a lot of times it means like straightening straightening of the hair. And even when, growing up, it's like we you know I would my mom would put these like strong chemicals in my hair that burn, but in order to like straighten it. Yeah. yeah. But then like I would say towards like the late 90s, um, how do I say there was a more of an embracing within the black community of like, I guess what we would consider natural hair, which mm-hmm. is basically just like not putting any chemicals in it to, yeah, to make it right. straight. So I started um, drawing, draw, I mean, started painting um, women with like um, afros and in like these um, bold poses. And this is, this is also my first time really going into photo- photographing my, my own models as opposed to um, yeah. um, playing off of the, the magazine images. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested in that process too because it's like you're also a photographer. I mean, do you think of yourself as a photographer? I I, I don't think of myself as a photographer. Um, maybe maybe someday, but really for me, when I f- shoot photos, it's really just a just a utility to get me to to the painting. Yeah, yeah, it's just more like documentation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's definitely. Obviously, like you're choosing the model, maybe they're choosing their clothing or you're collaborating on that. And then you're, you know, I don't know where you shoot. I mean, what's what's a photo shoot look like? Um, for me, a photo shoot, um, ideally, it would take place in, in my studio just since I would have more control of the lighting and the, the situation. Um, so, yeah, sometimes the, the model will um, choose the clothing. Sometimes I choose the clothing. Um, up until now, usually I would say wear this or I'm going to have some props and you'll you'll put that on it starts off by you know choosing the model like you said um oftentimes especially um 
especially years back, I would um, use the site called called Model Mayhem. Yeah, no, and that's that. uh, it's easy to look on there and find someone like, oh, I, I, you know, her look works, and then I'll you know email them and we'll go back back and forth and then then if I don't get stood up then like, we'll, yeah, have, oh, we'll yeah. have a shoot you know <laughs> so we'll have a shoot and um and so um and for the shoot I will beforehand um pick out like maybe some images from a magazine that, that I liked and you know have her look at it like so hey maybe try this um sometimes if the model is like really a natural edit she'll just start do, doing things and I'll yeah. just be like, oh, like, okay, yeah, that's awesome. Just, you know, do that. And then after the shoot, I'll look at the photos and um, pick one to use as a, as a reference image. Mm-hmm. But um, for the, for the Punk Noir series, it's, it was a little different because um, oh, okay. I, I didn't, you know, pick, pick models from, from a site or anything. It was um, people that I, people that I knew or that I, that I, that I was friends with, or at least I knew through other people and was introduced to mm-hmm. um, recently for those um, shoots, I just told the people to wear whatever you want, wear whatever you would like to be painted in. So they just showed up as is. Um, and I, I shot some of them in, in my studio and then some of them um, in their homes just for, so that it could be just more convenient yeah, yeah, for them. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it was kind of interesting. Um, it was interesting just telling them to show up in whatever. It's, it was just cool to see what what they chose to wear. Yeah, you're re- kind of releasing that control. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was just a, wi- a wide, um, to me it felt like a wide range because some would show up like just in a, you know, t-shirt and jeans, like, you know, like just like I am today or, mm-hmm. and then others like really, you know, did it up and with props and everything. Um, one, like one of the paintings is named Kidata because um, I shot Kidata who is a musician and she's in um Writer, writers against the storm and when she showed up she just she had like you know props and she had this necklace made out of spoons and this robe and, and then she was top you know topless and i was like are you are you okay if 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 the painting shows if it shows a boob and she was like i'm totally you know, f- oh, to- totally fine with that i just don't want that the actual you know photos on the internet or oh, anything yeah, but yeah, yeah. but i'm fine you know being painted nude so so yeah it was fun just to see how people oh. would show up for the shoots very interesting. But you're never imagining that like you would actually have one of your photos framed or something like that. That's just like not Um I could see that maybe someday. I, I could see that. Um but right now when I when I look at the actual photos like I don't look at them that way, but I could see that maybe maybe someday. Cuz you're really obviously inspired by fashion photography. Mm-hmm. How do you consume fashion photography at all if if you do still or um, what are some of your favorite fashion photographers? You know, yeah, I don't consume it as as much as I as I used to, but I I used to consume it really just by yeah, just having stacks of magazines cuz mm-hmm. um growing up um it was just looking through magazines is just something what I, that I would do like you know if I, if I go to grandma's house, she would have different subscriptions i would you know flip through those when i was bored or yeah um at home you know i would just um, flip through them but it really started with this magazine that's called called ebony magazine which is not a not a fashion magazine at all but they would have each month they would have like a section which was like maybe a couple of pages um where they would show um some of the latest um styles on the runway and it it would be um they would feature like um, lots of black designers and black models and I would look through that and that's how I would learn like a lot of like the designers names and and things like like that oh wonderful um and then but then from there just really just enjoyed I still don't know why but I just enjoy just looking at those ads um Mm. but I don't I don't as much anymore and I'm not sure why on that either but for me, growing up, especially coming of age, like in the 90s, it was a time of like the age of like the, the supermodels, Cindy, um, Naomi, um, yeah. Lin- Linda Evangelista. And, mm-hmm. and to me, I don't know, I was just in, really intrigued by that. Where, whereas now, it's, I guess that, that era is, is gone. Yeah. And I don't, I don't I just, I just feel, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. But you're still really into fashion. Yes, yes. Um, I really to the point where um, because not not so much today, but like um, fat for me, fat. I I feel like I ex- I try to express myself through my fashion, and and I'm not, and I feel like I, I'd like to do something, do more with that, like as a thing, like as a as in as an art piece for people to see. But I I enjoy um, expressing myself through fashion through different um, pieces of costume jewelry and headpieces and just playing with um just playing with um with what I wear yeah and you I think I'd even read you said something like personal style as rebellion mm-hmm. too how do you think about that rebellion 
Yeah, I, I, rebellion, like really um, just wearing whatever you want without worrying about what people say, what society says. Um, so for me right now, that means um, just pairing, pairing items that maybe wouldn't normally be paired together. Um, like I may pair, you know, some... Um, African jewelry with like a, a flannel, you know, th- you know things, you know, things like <laughs> yeah. things like that, and okay. just um, try to you know make it work. Going back to that punk noir um, exhibition, that I felt when I chose the subjects for that, I felt that a lot of the people do that as well. Um, you know, fa- fashion using fashion to ex- express who they are, but but for them, I think it's not probably not always even even trying. It's just you know part of you know just part of their being and. Yeah. Um, so I felt like a, a kinship to those people um, because of that. So that's why I painted them. Have you always had that confidence in yourself or kind of how you present yourself? Because I, I, it's hard for me to relate to that because I feel like I, I've always tried to blend in or try to not stand out. Mm-hmm. I think just from, you know, getting picked on a lot in school or whatever. <laughs> you know, have yeah. you always had that confidence or did that grow as you got older? Um, that, that grew, that definitely grew. Um, that definitely grew as I got older. Um, I can definitely relate to being picked on just because I was in school. I was just, I'm very, you know, very introverted. I was very, very shy. Um, you know, when I was younger, I was really skinny and then I was taller than all the other kids. So I was called like black olive oil or, you know, so, so yeah, I wanted to, to blend in, but for, I guess because of like my height, like I, I couldn't and it was, yeah. So I I think just getting older, um, it, it just kind of, um, are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I just started to give fewer and fewer fucks as I got older. <laughs> and so it's 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 nice. It, it really is nice. Um you know, I'm still introverted, but I it's I still but I just, but I'm more extroverted through my fashion. So so if I go somewhere if I have on like this headpiece, I may be quiet, but I feel like the fashion kind of a, is yeah. a conversation piece and it kind of it's easier for me to talk to people because like they're drawn in by like, Hey, I, I, I like that headpiece. I'm, you know, what is, what is that? And so, yeah. um, so I feel like it's, um, I feel like I'm more of able, able to be myself more now that I don't you know care as much mm. anymore. And I, and I think it's, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. No, very good thing. <laughs> Are there moments that you just think about where you had little breakthroughs in that, where you're like, you had never gone out wearing a certain thing or, and then you were like, no, this is, I'm drawing the line. I'm going to do this now, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to, there has been a breakthrough, but I'm, try, I'm trying to, let me think back for a second when I, when I first started feeling that way. Because I think it's really been, it's really been maybe. And maybe, I wonder maybe does it correspond with your art? Because you're like portraying these subjects in your paintings in this way. It seems like that would inspire you to live that way too yeah way. i mean yeah. i've i've always lo- lo- loved fashion and lo- loved to you know put together my outfits but as far as like really feeling free i would say that's kind of been growing or really over the past couple of years which really coincides with me like just getting getting back into the art mm. so i'm not sure if it's just um you know, that long that long maybe you know five year period of just like sort of repressing myself and just doing the the nine to five work thing and just being just really um I guess I would say like like just muting muting mm. everything and then I just I guess finally I just did that for so long that it was just like just like I just need to just like I just want to scream you know and yeah. just um you know so just you were be mute, myself muting your fashion during that time too, yeah I was just I was muting my fashion just um as far as like because I, I really would just get up and go to my day job which and just you know where I, I would wear my my state worker clothes but I call it state worker clothes because because <laughs> you know I, I told you I used to work for the state and there, I feel like there's like a a state worker look, you know, just like your, the, you know, your outfits from dress barn or whatever. And yeah, you go yeah. in and do your work and come home. So that, that was kind of my life for, for a long, for yeah. a long time. And then okay. finally, I, you know, when I started get, getting back into painting, like I, I colored my hair purple, which I know it's not a, not a huge deal, but it was, it's like a first for me. Like I colored it, you know, bright purple. I started wearing it like that. And I was like, okay, this is, I started getting compliments and it, for whatever reason, the color just kind of worked on me and I was like, yeah. okay, this is fun. And, and then I just kind of, it started, as I started focusing on my art more, I was also experimenting with fashion more at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, and so I'm still continuing to do that. Um, and, and I, I really want to even 
make some make fashion, but I'm not sure exactly what that looks like for me, but yeah. I definitely want to to make stuff and like wear it and you know make that a thing, but I'm not I'm not sure where you know where that's I'm not sure where that, where that's going to go um just yet. Well, you do have two pieces in the punk noir show. Yeah, yeah, that's my first time um experimenting with wearable art. So for those um well, I mean, ideally, I would love to be able to just make stuff from scratch, but that's really time-consuming, so I'm not able to do that as much. Mm-hmm. But, but for those, I took um, a couple of my own um, jacket, a couple of my jackets, and um, basically just um, decorated them, um, just in the style of um, you know, vent, like old school, like um, punk um, yeah. jackets, um, and spikes, and- yeah, spikes, and I guess, and it was really about um, with when I looked at images of punk, uh, punk jackets from like the seventies and eighties, like it's about, you know, expressing yourself. It's like a billboard for yourself. Um, you know, maybe your political affiliation or your, your favorite bands or what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have Nigerian heritage. So for, for my jackets, I include a lot of, um, West African, um, patterns and, and also just some messages of um, encouragement for myself, and and yeah, just spikes, spikes, um, spikes, and also um, painting, painting on swatches of fabric, and just mm-hmm. um, just really try to just have fun with it. I'm wondering how that Nigerian heritage has affected your life in general or your work. So, I, as I mentioned, I I grew up in Lubbock. Uh, well, I, I think I mentioned I grew up in Lubbock. Um, yeah. My my mom is is uh, is black American. My dad is Nigerian, but my parents split split when I was really young. So oh. when I grew up in Lubbock, it was with my mom and my stepdad, who was who was um, black American. Mm-hmm. And then my um, dad, you know, went back to Nigeria, and so he would live between there and Houston. But I didn't really grow up with, with my dad or or that oh, okay. side of the family at all. Even though my mom would try, you know tell me as much about it as she could and showed me pictures and different you know. She had some clothing items and things, and so I really I didn't even get to meet my dad my dad in person you know since being a baby I didn't I didn't yeah. meet him until I was like um, in college oh wow and so then that's when I finally started um, being able to, to connect with that side side of the family and so that's so through my art I I'm really also trying to um, connect connect with that side and I and I think I want to show that through my art more in the future. Um, but yeah, I didn't, didn't go to Nigeria, um, until 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll back up a little bit. Um, So yeah, I met my dad in college. Um, we drifted away a bit. Then I went to law school in Houston. Um, that's where, you know, he, he lived. Um, so then I stayed, stayed with him for a while, him, him and his wife, um, Mm -hmm. and some of my siblings. Um, and then we lost touch again after lost lost touch for for years mm-hmm. um until i was about to get married in, in 2014 and we connected again um and then he said hey you know i, I can walk walk you down the aisle because by then my stepdad had passed away oh, okay. um so i was you know happy to have him walk me down the aisle in 2014 uh, november 2014 um december 2014 i found out that he's been killed in a car crash in nigeria mm. and so um it was just like gosh we, we were finally starting to finally starting to reconnect mm. and we were on you know good terms mm. um you know there were plans for me to have like a another wedding um where it would be like in the more of a nigerian traditional wedding and he you know he was gonna you know, put that together and yeah. so i got get this horrible news um so I'm that so yeah that that was tough but you know, thank you um so that that led, led to me finally getting to go to nigeria in 2015 um because that I guess in Nigeria, I'm not sure why, but like um, the the funeral can take place way way long after the death. Mm-hmm. So the funeral was in 2015. So I finally get to go there, um, and that that experience was really really um, really emotional, just because it was just like like I've heard about this place for so many years, and yeah. it's like wow, here here it is, and you know, it's just like wow, being in a country with like other people, so many other people that look like me and like, oh, there are other Okoras and like, you know, so it was, it was interesting to get to go to my, um, the, the family, the family's house and see, you know, all these pictures of my grandparents and meet, um, meet so many relatives from that side of the Mm. family. And, um, I was able to, you know, get, um, you know, go, go shopping there get some, definitely got some fashion from there. And, um, 
would definitely I would definitely love to to go back um but I definitely want to to connect with that side of the, side of the culture more mm-hmm. and really learn more about it but I think that that will definitely um take me going there and spending more time there mm-hmm. but right now I tr- I learn more about it just through reading and just through through my relative that that actually grew up there so just talking to them and sometimes they'll send me stuff too seems like it'd be pretty amazing to spend a good amount of time over there and do a whole series of people over there. I, I would love to do that. I would, <laughs> I would absolutely love that. It's just, it's just a matter of, um, it's a matter of, um, you know, matter of practicality. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it'll, it'll happen one day. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious what happened. However, you said maybe just a couple of years ago where you finally, I think it was after your kind of five year, drought Mm -hmm. and what like what triggered you you were just like had enough you're like it's just like bursting at the seams right um you know actually I think what really what we just talked about might might have triggered it because um I started well you know go to the the funeral in Nigeria in 2015 um and then the rest of the year just kind of trying to you know regather myself after these like um deaths in my immediate family um, 20, so 2016 is when I really got back into cr- mm. creating again. And so I think it could, it could have been just having a, you know, just having, um, these deaths that are close to me really, it shouldn't take death to wake you up to this, but it woke me up to like, wow, like life is short. You know, it's like, wow, it's, I know art is really what I want to do. And it's just like, kind of like now or never, I don't know yeah. if I have tomorrow. So I think I should just start you know, start, I know it's, not, it's kind of cliche, but yeah, I really, I should just start living now and just, yeah. just doing it. And so that's, that's really what happened. Yeah. Do you still, um, I had found an old blog of yours and you had written, uh, that sometimes you ask these questions of yourself. Why, why do I do this? Could I live without it? I guess you've kind of like gone back and forth with that for quite a long time. Huh? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, thanks for reading the whole blog. <laughs> I said that. Oh, okay. Oh, well, why do I do this? Could I live without that's, uh, Wow, I, I don't I don't remember saying that. So that's interesting. So I guess I guess I kind of had some of the, some answers year, years ago. I should just go back and read my old, my old blog and take my you know take my own advice. Yeah, um, it just seems like you probably don't have that much doubt anymore about it, right? You're yeah, just like you're on the path. Yeah, I I I think when when I when I was doing that blog, I definitely was full of full of doubt, and I was just trying to. I was just trying, just trying to, trying to figure it out. So, you know, around the time that I was doing the blog, I think part of the time I was in, may have been in law school. And then a lot of the time I was, um, that I was in New York, which was, I'm glad I got a chance to go and live there for a while because that was really, um, really, really educational for me because through, through a mentor, he introduced me to, to, um, several artists that were there working in New York. So I got to visit their studios Mm. and, so at the time, you know, when I would visit their studio, I would then go back and um, blog about it and kind of muse about that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I guess the question of like, why do I do this and could could I live w- without it? I think that probably popped up in my mind around um, you know a, cu- a couple years ago, and and I guess the answer was um, the answer was it would be you know really hard for me to to live um, to live happily um, without yeah. creating. Yeah what does the fulfillment feel like or look like that you get from creating art? And just maybe the whole, maybe it's the whole process the looking for the person, photographing them, painting, setting up the exhibit, doing videos. I mean, is it the whole thing? Or? Yeah, it really, it really is. It really is the, the, the whole process. Um, it's, there's such a cycle because when I start a new series, um, it you know, starts, starts with an idea and then, um, the idea, the idea at first, it feels kind of, kind of grand, like, oh, maybe I could, maybe I could do, do this, um, mm-hmm. that would, that would be cool, and then, and then thinking about the outcome, like, about, oh, yeah, people would, or thinking about how people would, would react yeah. um, to that, and then, then once I come up with the idea, then it's like, okay, how, like, how, how am I going to do this, and, and also just trying to make it pr- practical as, yeah. as well, but yeah, oh, the, but yeah, I really, the whole, the whole process is, re- is really, um, I was, I was going to say enjoyable, but it's not all, all enjoyable. Cause you know, there's, okay. Yeah. Thinking about how, how to do it, but then, um, you run, I run into some, you know, some bumps in the road, in the road, like, like for example, just deal, like dealing with, um, getting, getting the people to shoot, you know, um, mm. 
you know, I mentioned like I would use model, model mayhem and like, you know, like I've you know gotten stood up like no, like no call, no show or yeah. or you get the model and like they look great in the picture. Like they, they do great modeling in the pictures. But when you get them, it's like um, it's like it, things are kind of weird, you know, kind of awkward on <laughs> yeah. like, well, and then the other thing, too, is that when it comes to photography, like I'm. I'm not a very good director, and I'm so I'm, I'm, that's something that I'm constantly trying to work on. Yeah, like, there's a skill to that. <laughs> yeah, sure. it is a, it's definitely a skill, a skill to modeling, a skill to directing. And so I'm horrible at directing. I think I'm getting getting a little better at it. Yeah. But but the the shoot can be tough. Just trying to get get what you need out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, then after, you know after the shoot, then it's like you're going through the images and just trying to. Hopefully there's there's something that jumps out at me that would make a good painting, and so far there's from every shoot I've done there has always been something that I've been able to make make a piece out of. But but it may be that I do the shoot and don't revisit the images again till years later, and then oh, I'll yeah. and then I'll find something, um, and then yeah, then there's just um, make, making the actual painting, and then I may get started on it and started on something and like oh this this painting is just mediocre or like, I just, Oh, I'm just not feeling this, but, but let me just, just finish it. And it's done. And, but sometimes like the ones that I feel that are, that are mediocre, like they end up becoming a favorite or, oh, wow. or it may be okay. one that people, you know, love a lot. Um, but they're just, you know, going from coming up with the idea to the actual show is just such a roller coaster of, mm. of emotions. Um, like with the punk noir thing, like that, that definitely is an example of that. Except, except all, except all the models were, you know, were friends. So that 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 was that was all great. Um, but it's just, um, yeah, just definitely just a just a roller coaster from until 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 it's done, and then everyone has seen it, and then I got you know, good, you know, positive feedback. And it's like, okay, then I guess I'm doing the right thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does the actual painting process feel like to you? Is it, you just kind of get in a zone? Is it like meditative or is it stressful? <sighs> it's, it is, it can be a, a little, a little stressful at times just because it's, um, it's like pro- problem solving, just trying to, you know, just to make, to make it look the way that I want it to look because, um, most of the work I wanted wanted to look some somewhat realistic, so that that can be kind of um, tricky sometimes. Just just trying to figure out how how do I make this work. But working with this the the last series, um, Punk Noir, I had to do it within pay, the painting time was like six months, and so mm. that was a short amount of time to do such big paintings. Yeah. But it was kind of good for me just because I had to over time I had to kind of like develop a, a system a system of how to make these figures on the, on the, on the canvas. So I feel like it was kind of good for me in that, in that sense to make, to make the, the process a tad less stressful, but the stress is still there. But, but then the stress kind of goes away after I work through the most difficult parts. And then, Mm. then it becomes, then it becomes fun. Cause then it's like, okay, well I wanted to make this part realistic, but that, but now I think I want to, you know, get looser with it or, so even with making the paintings, it's, it go it can be it can be meditative when I get get in the zone. But but if I run into like a a bump in the road, it, it can be a, a little bit stressful. But I, I say stressful because you know I say stressful, but I mean it's it's a it's a low definitely a low level okay. of stress. You know, in the context um, of doing what yeah, you're passionate about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm wondering if we just go back to you were mentioning how you had all these different series. I'm wondering if you could maybe just mention some of your maybe more prominent series that come to mind and kind of like what you were trying to achieve yeah um when I first started um getting back into painting I ended up finish finishing a series that kind of that got a that got abandoned um and that's a series that, that I call black and yellow and so the paintings are obviously black black and yellow um started out in 2008 um when my my husband, who's a photographer, did this shoot, he did he did a shoot that I, that I love because it was um, inspired by some images that I, that I really like um, by this um, French photographer and and I apologize um, my French isn't so good but his name is um, Thierry Thierry Leguet and he he's a fashion photographer and his images were in this movie called Belly um, and these images were they're black and white where the background is white and then the the models are black but then their skin is also painted black mm. um so 
so we did this, the same thing where it's like you know, taking taking models from Model Mayhem, painting them from head to toe with grease paint, mm. and then um, putting them in different poses where they, where it's almost like I don't know geometric. I don't know if, if, I, if I'd say geometrical, but just making the body forms like a like a shape, like a new shape. Mm-hmm. And so um, those those photos photos were taken, um, and then they just kind of sat, you know, just kind of sat for years. Um, and then I started like picking at them a, li- a little bit. I, I started making um, pa- paintings out of them, and, and instead of doing black and white, I did black and yellow because it just felt I don't know, it just it just felt um, like the yellow really draws attention, and mm-hmm. and it just bright and it reminds me of the, of the sun um so i did a couple of them and just let that sit for years oh wow and then when i returned to to painting in 2016 i i decided well let me pick up the series and um finish it up and so i you know did a few did a few more of those um finish it up and with those I'm, i was really trying to be confrontational um confrontational about showing the the black body the, the the women are are nude and mm. they're doing you know like, like I mentioned they're doing these um, poses where they really really are like stretching their bodies sometimes like bent over backwards and it was just really simple like I just used two colors of acrylic paint literally just black and yellow you know mixing those together mm. and so so I finished that up that was really simple and then after that I took some photos um, for another series which was called um, Massage Noir mm. Resistance. Massage noir is um, a, a word that was coined by a, a feminist professor. Her name is um, Moya Bailey, um, and it's about um, inter- intersectionality. So it's about um, it's when a, a black woman experiences racism and um, sexism at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I grew up you know grew up in the '90s, which was um, an era which which was like a really big era for for MTV, um, and so you know watch these videos and especially hip hop videos, and I would see the way the women were in the background, you know, dancing dancing and just you know basically used as props, and so I, I wanted to to address that and also bring the women to the to the to the forefront as well. Um, so I got models again from from you know from Model Mayhem from the from the website and. Um, Brought brought them in um, and had them pose, had them dressed like what you would think of a, a video model would dress yeah, like, right. and then you know put them in these different poses. And um, I wanted actually wanted them to put to pose like superheroes um, to kind of um, push back against that um, massage noir. But when I look back at the photos, like they really weren't most of most of the images weren't giving me power or like um, superhero. So I was still trying to figure out how do I push back against um, uh, back against this image. So that's so I ended up um, experimenting with scratching some of the women out. So I would scratch them out with um, with like another color of paint. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I I did um, some of those some of those images like th- those paintings in 26, 2016 as well. And then I did another. And then moving on from that, I did another series that was kind of a spinoff from that. That was called Deconstructed Vixens. <clears throat> and with that, um, once again, I was um, I took models and posed them like video girls. And then I also took some images of actual video models. And, and this came from like stills from actual hip hop videos or some promo videos that, that video models had done. And I just um, painted those on wood panel panels, and then also scratched them out. But but this time, what was different is I used um, gold leaf for the backgrounds mm. instead of um, bright colors because I wanted to, I guess, play on the idea of value. Because in the in the videos, it seemed like they the value was mainly in like their um, in their the women's like their parts, you know, just kind of you know their 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 bodies. Yeah. Um, and and I was thinking back thinking about like ancient Egypt, how they the ancient Egyptians used gold and gold leaf to show value, so that so I surrounded them with gold leaf, but also also scratched them out with the gold leaf just to kind of show that idea of like erasure and mm-hmm. and how their um, yeah just how all that matters is just their their body and their and just um, how they can please you know please yeah, the man right. you know just objectified yeah know. yeah exactly so so there was that um, and then and then the most recent one is the you know you know punk punk noir. Um, and I don't, and we can, I don't know we could go into that as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and so, so the punk noir was um, a little bit different just be, be, for me because it, I wasn't, I 
felt different because I was kind of moving away from the idea of like looking looking at looking at mostly um um the way that women are objectified and more um and this I'm moving away from that and focusing on um just uh, authenticity um really um and so punk noir came about um a little over a year ago um when Carrie at the Carver, you know, asked me if I would like to do a show there, and I was like, "Yes." And then, like, <laughs> and, and then, um, so it's like, okay, we'll just, um, you know, think about, you know, what what you would like to do. So then I, you know, thought about, you know, what what I would like to do. Um, and then I was thinking, but but wow, that the Carver, the, the, that's a lot of lot of real estate <laughs> to cover. Yeah, so, yeah. and I'm, I'm realizing something just in this conversation. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, why why did I want to go that direction? But I'm, it could have come from just that whole sort of like awakening that I, that I had after taking the break from the art, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I'm, I'm really, I just, I want to do a show that somehow I want, you know, punk to be, to be in the, in the name. So yeah. And, and, and through being more involved in the art scene in Austin at that time, I was meeting more people, meeting other creatives and they, they were in, inspiring me. And so I decided to, to paint them. Yeah. And so they all kind of, you know, had this, had this in common with, with I guess what I was considered like like a, a punk spirit. Um, they may not all come out and say, "Hey, I'm a punk" or anything, but <laughs> yeah. but it just like I just felt like these people, um, you know, they they kind of they seemed free to sort of express themselves without your regard to what you know any anybody thinks, and it just seems like like wow, I, you know, I, I like that, and I want I want to live that way as well, and so. So I just so then it came down to okay who who am I gonna paint and of course the list was just so long and I could yeah. only do so many and and unfortunately I wasn't able to paint everyone that I that I wanted to paint um, and a lot of, some of it came down to like you know scheduling and, and mm-hmm. really just time but I photographed the, photographed the people first with that and that took about that took about about a month of just like going, going to different mm-hmm. people's houses or they would come to me and just photographing because I just wanted to get that out of the oh, way before okay. I, before I started um painting yeah. but yeah I photographed the people last summer and then mm-hmm. you know just spend some time with the photographs just looking at them and you know thinking about them and just um, seeing which ones jumped out jumped out to me and then from there just um just painting and, and then the, with punk noir this is my first time going this big in scale yeah. too <laughs> and that that was that was scary because it was like well normally I just buy buy the canvases already made because that's just easier. Yeah. But with in this case, it would have been too expensive to buy canvases of that size. <clears throat> so, you know, Carrie, he's a really a really good um, handy handyman too. So he helped me build, you know, build like physically build the frames mm. and and I, I learned how to how to stretch canvases for the first time and that that was kind of empowering because it's wow. like okay, yeah. So now I can now I can I can do that. Um, and how big are these frames? How big are the canvases? Um, most of them are like, are, they're all they're all six feet tall. So most of them are like six feet by six feet, and some are like about five feet by five feet. Okay. Um, so that that was that part was just really really physical and you know really yeah. tiring. But so yeah, um, stretch the canvases and you know, put gesso on all of them, and just really you know just got got to painting. Um, but it's just been it's just been really interesting year working on that because it's been you know i mentioned like roller coasters but with this with with this series it, just, it was it's just been re- really um really dramatic roller coaster because i you know i also have a, a full-time job yeah and so do, and then doing doing the artwork is also a, a full-time job except one that doesn't really pay regularly yeah, yeah. so so it just it, it was just tough because it was just re- extremely time consuming because the, you know the canvases had to be made and then it's just a lot, a lot of, a lot of square area to to cut to cover, yeah, yeah. and then um, going through the trial and error, trial and error of just yeah, just trying to make you know just make it work and and just um, the challenges of just dealing with the faces and the skin tones. Like, you know how do I how do I want to do this? Um, I would I would say it was all worth it, but there were definitely lot, lots of not fun parts. And I think it was because of just the, the stress and the, yeah, you, yeah. the time. Had a deadline, right? Yeah. I had a, had a deadline and, and there were, I mean, I swear, I mean, but I, and I also wanted to document the process and, and share it, share it with people as well. And I'm really happy that I did that. And mm. so I would, um, 
you know, just sometimes, you know, I would you know, have the paintings propped up a certain way and then I'd think, oh, that would make a cool photo. So I'll shoot it and post it on Instagram mm-hmm. or, um, you know, or sometimes I just, you know, do like an update on, you know, where I am so that people could follow along with me. But towards the end there, I swear it's some, on some of the videos I made, um, I, I, I was, I was crying like shortly before <laughs> I made the video. So people, so I would, I would share some of the struggles, but I only shared like just really a tip of the iceberg on like oh, wow. the true, the true emotions of like getting through, um, <laughs> all of this. Um, what would make you cry? Like, what would... Um, just, just fear, fear of like not meeting the deadline really. And just, just like, it just seemed like such an uphill, an uphill struggle just to get, get the work done and balancing that, balancing all that, you know, with my job. And it just felt like a lot. And yeah. then, and I feel like, um, uh, paint, you know, paint by painting these people that I know and trying to show their spirit. It, I don't know. I felt like I, now looking back, I felt like I really, Somehow I, I like kind of gave my all in the sense of like really, really like just really emotionally as well. And I didn't, and I didn't realize it, but just really mm. just putting, putting my all into it. And I, and it just, you know, sometimes I would go and um, go in the studio and just kind of spend time you know, to work. But also I enjoyed just spending time with the paintings because when they were all, at least when they were almost done, it's like, wow, it feels like, um, one, one, one of the women I painted was Ayana and it's like, wow, it's so weird. It feels like she's. Here and, and I, I just finished watching the last season of, of Black Mirror. Have, have you ever watched no, that show? Uh-uh. Well, it's it's a it's a show about kind of about the future and like how the, the direction that technology is going and how how do I explain? It's like I don't know. It's, it's just a weird. It's a weird. It's an eerie show. I heard, it's, I've it's, heard it's, that. Yeah. yeah, it's really it's really really <laughs> eerie. But but it almost felt like I don't know. It's almost like I had. And this was my goal, really, but I was trying to capture these the people's spirit and kind of put mm. that in a put that in a bottle some way. And like, and just when, when the paintings were almost done, it was just weird being with them because it's like, oh, it's, it's just weird because it's like almost like felt their the person's yeah. um, presence. Um, so there, there were just a lot of emotions evolved, and like towards the end, I was it was just really um, really emotionally taxing, not, not only because of the deadline, but just just really trying to give give 110 percent you know for it and after the show was over like well no i'll say like toward towards the end like i became physically ill like i thought Mm. i thought like something was like like really like wrong with me like i you know went to the doctor i mean everything checked out um you know to be fine but like i just wasn't able to eat like i literally lost literally lost like 10 to 15 pounds like it was just like I just, I just like, I don't know. It was a stress, overwork. Right? I, I guess, I guess so. Um, and then, and then shortly after the show, um, I had to go to Memphis for an, an art fair, which was fun. But when I got back from that, like, then I got so sick that like, I just, I mean, like I, I got a, a cold and I think that like the allergies were really bad at that time. Mm-hmm. I got a cold, but I think everything, I just shut, I just shut down for a while. <laughs> wow. I just, I shut down for a while and then you know, it took a while to get back, but now, now everything, I'm totally fine. But yeah, it was just like, I've never done a series that was so, so taxing before. Yeah. That's intense. That's quite, yeah. a, quite a commitment of your yeah. life, a sacrifice. I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So yeah, you felt a responsibility to render these people, your friends in a yeah. accurate way. Yeah. And then you're having the show at this venue and the community is going to see it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Wow. But you're really happy with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with it. Um, but yeah, the thing is, though, like, yeah, I just don't know. That situation is definitely not sustainable. Um, yeah. But I, I want to continue to do things like that. It's just I don't know how how I'm going to do it. But um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just I guess I'll just have to see. Yeah, I guess if you could scale back the the day job, that would probably help. Yeah, somehow. that 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 would help. So hopefully, hopefully that can happen sometime. Yeah, and you said that that job actually, if there's a silver lining to it, it potentially has given you some knowledge to be able to, in the way that you know how to promote yourself. Yeah, I was going to ask mm-hmm. you about that. Like, you just seem really good about sharing updates, sharing, doing videos, uh, being on social media, kind of keeping people updated on what you're doing like how do you think about like managing your art career in that way in a social kind of a public way as I mentioned a while back I didn't didn't go to art school you know if I could go back I I would have or you know if if the opportunity if the perfect opportunity presents itself maybe I will but 
But I think because I didn't go to art school, I don't, I wasn't able to build the connections in the way that I think, you know, people that did go to art school are. Um, so I, I feel like I, I have to kind of make, make up for that in, in other, other ways. Mm-hmm. So part of that is, is really just trying to mark, you know, market myself the best, the best way that I know how. And so working in the media, um, I try, you know, I tried, I learned how to, how to do storytelling. So I try to do that just through, um, you know, through my social media as well. Mm-hmm. And I, got into working as a I'm, I'm a tv news producer and i and i got into that really sort of by accident um you know when i moved to new york um i was there with my boy, boyfriend at the time you know who's now my husband and he he was a tv news produce, producer for years and he was doing that that kind of work in new york and and you know we had to eventually leave new york and i wanted to get back as soon as possible and so he was like well you know there since we saw there are lots of um producing jobs and things like that in new york maybe you should do that so so then I just got into TV news producing, and of, and of course here we are, like seven seven or eight years later, still not back in in New York, but right. I'm just a, a, a producer. <laughs> but um, but there were some good things about that because when I, producing involves um, writing writing, we write what the anchors say on camera, and we put together we put together the show. We you know we stack it. You know what what story is going to air first? What stories are going to air in the show? Mm-hmm. And I also, um, for a while, um, I had a, at my job, I had a, a little segment, a, a weekly segment where I was able, they actually let me go out and interview other artists in town. And oh, then, nice. and then I was able to, um, I shot the interviews and then I edited them and put together a little story about, about the artists. <clears throat> and so I think that, that was, that, that was awesome to get to do that. Um, that, that got canceled, but I was able hmm. to. I really enjoyed doing it, so I decided just to continue doing that, but just through just for just for myself. So last year, I started a a web series called Life and Art, oh. um, and and that and that came came about just from shooting some of my experiences. Um, you know, last year when it, last year I went back to New York, and so you know, I shot some footage there, and my husband helped me as well, and just put put together a little series, um, just kind of showing. Here's a little, little bit of my life, and, and that's that was really fun. Mm. But unfortunately, <laughs> ever since I started working on punk noir, and, and even now that I'm, I'm a little bit more busy with my art, I, I don't have time as much time as I would like to do things like that. I do plan to um, put out an, another another season of the series um, later this summer. Yeah. Um, but it just takes time. I have, have a lot of um, footage, but just no time to edit. So yeah, yeah, when, yeah. I, when I find some time to edit, <laughs> then I'm going to put out another se- season of Life and Art. Oh, nice. Over the past year, since I didn't have time to put together like these like five-minute stories, I'll just put together like a minute-long little little blips um, yeah. about what I have going on or just explaining a piece and and I find that I really just enjoy um, storytelling in that way. And from people's res- responses, they they seem to enjoy it as well. Um, just and I and I felt like even this past year with my struggles of putting together the solo <laughs> show, I felt um, based on people's responses, they um, they were really um, some people you know were captivated and just following along and and also you know che- cheering me on as well. So it's just kind of nice to be able to somewhat be able to take people along along the ride with me, you know, as to yeah, what's yeah, yeah. what's going on. So. So yeah, I, I like I like being able to to story tell through through video. It's it's fun for me, and it seems fun for the audience too. Yeah. But yeah, I was gonna say, um, yeah, social media social media for me is just so so vital. Like it's just, I mean, it's it's um it's so important for me to post and share there because I'm able to make so many good like, great real life connections there like it's oh. just it's just extremely extremely vital for me and connections as far as like um curators other artists and and sales like it's just you know a very important tool um for mm. for me and for my art career so you've definitely seen some direct results from things that you've done that have turned into uh, yeah i feel like yeah i mean i might even be able to say i mean i haven't really fully measured but i think yeah like most of most of my good results or most most of my milestones are spin off uh, through something someone i met through social media in, in some way yeah yeah do you have any advice or recommendations for artists that feel intimidated by that whole thing or they don't feel like they're as good at it yeah um i would say just start off small just show you know just i think it's important to to at least well if you if you're interested in doing it at all it's it, it's important to to just 
just show a, a presence and it doesn't have to be major like you don't have to do you don't have to do like me and do like a full on web, web series and shoot and edit together <laughs> packages or anything but just just a photo here and there like people people enjoy seeing a little, a little bit of the the behind the scenes if, if you're comfortable if you're comfortable sharing that and so just just little small just little small things are just really easy to do. Just shooting a picture with your with your phone and uploading it. Just really as simple as that. And mm-hmm. then just staying um, staying regular with it is important. Just, you know, at least an update like one, just starting off once a week. And I think at least for me, it felt like I'm um, just when you start off just small, just showing a picture here and there. It kind of it it just kind of evolves naturally because then you'll start to identify um m- moments and like hey maybe i sh- you know maybe i should share this and oh, yeah, and then yeah, people yeah. and then people enjoy watching it so i think it, it can be it can be really simple and then once you you know get the hang once you get the hang of it it's it's really not you know that intimidating yeah like i know some artists they've gotten in the habit of setting their phone up and doing like a sped up video of them doing yeah, a whole painting or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's super interesting. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting and like and so easy now now with all the you know with the different app with the apps on our phone. So yeah. so yeah, just a simple um time lapse just you know hit, you know, record and, and that's it. So I, and it's just so so vital because you never know who is you never know who is watching because it, it just being being on these sites you know you're you know it could be just some you know, big curator from i don't know wherever and they may see it and you know ask ask you to show or something or at least you'd be on their on their radar so i think it's it's great to at least um you know just give it just give it a shot just just yeah. with using your phone do you think instagram's the best um, it is, it is, it is for me. Um, I used to be more, used to be more active on Twitter like years ago. And then I let, let it kind of let my account kind of fall by the wayside for a while. And it's kind of hard to, now it's really kind of hard to shout above, above all the noise on Twitter now. So yeah, Twitter yeah, yeah. is a little bit harder for me. Yeah, um, I don't care for Twitter. Yeah. I mean, and then Snapchat, like I, <laughs> I tried that a few times. I, I don't really get it. I mean, okay. I tried yeah. um, using it, and I don't know. I don't know how to like gain more followers to show my stuff to. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so really, yeah, Instagram is from my experience. Instagram is the best for me because it's visual. You don't even have to say anything. You can just you know just post a, post a picture, and yeah. and then that's it, and let that, and people will find it, and just kind of let that be that. Mm-hmm. Well, before we finish, I just wanted to revisit your show punk noir real quickly and i had read and actually there's uh placards next to each painting and you had asked all the subjects i think what authenticity means to them is that Mm -hmm. correct yeah i I asked them what authenticity means to them and i also asked asked them how they express themselves um through their through their fashion and then um and then I gave the answers to the curator, and then he he picked out um, the best um, excerpt to put on the wall. Yeah, nice. Um, one that I really like from Megs. Oh yeah. Authenticity is showing up and bringing your whole self, not leaving pieces of you behind in fear of what people may think. It's following your gut feeling and not second guessing yourself. For an artist, it's letting all those voices and experiences that shape the story your art is telling have the full floor. Like how would you answer that question? How would I answer the question? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Damn. Okay, how would I answer that question? Um, for me, authenticity authenticity is being is being is being truthful, is being vulnerable and being willing to Gosh, you stopped me with my own question. That's a tough one. Is uh, yes, often I would say authenticity is, is being truthful and just allowing allowing yourself to be to be to be vulnerable. Yeah, I would just leave it at that. It just I'll just yeah. keep it simple. Yeah. And then as far as how I express myself through fashion, um, I I express myself through fashion by just um, by just letting letting it flow and. Um, you know, just walk, walk into my closet and kind of treating it almost like a, a, a palette and uh, and just um, wearing what I feel and just gra- grabbing pieces that that I feel work uh, for me instinctively at that moment. Mm-hmm. Nice. As I said in the beginning, I would definitely encourage anyone, 
and everyone to go visit your work at the Carver. And I'm really, it was really, it's really a wonderful place. And they have so many different exhibits and different aspects. And even just learning about Mr. Carver was incredible, too. Yeah, yeah. He's a really amazing man. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the specifics about that again, too? So it'll be up through July 21st. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. I hope to be able to do something similar, maybe in, in other cities. That would, that would be awesome to be able to go and paint, um, other, other people that have a punk spirit, like in New Orleans or Atlanta or New York or something like that and do something similar or yeah, even in, in Lagos. Um, um, but yeah, and, and and then after the show, I don't know. I guess I'll just have these huge paintings on my wall at the house, so you can maybe come see it there. Um, I'll have some, yeah. Yeah. So I guess real quickly, uh, what's the future look like, or what are you working on next? Well, really, um, my biggest goal would be able to let go of the day job and be able to do this full time, just so yeah. I can give. Give a hundred percent to it without being as stressed out, you know, because of the the, t- the time crunch. Right now, I'm part of this um, program with the Contemporary Austin called the Crit Group, and so there's um, a group show coming up with that in August. Mm. It opens on August fourth, so I'll, I will have some some new work uh, some new work in that. And then I, I'm going to be in a, in a group show in Dallas next month where I'm going to show some mi- miniature punk noir style um, paintings. Oh, nice. And then from there, really, yeah, just um, just trying to bring bring something sim- similar to punk noir to other cities. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Dawn, for your time. Really appreciate you sharing about your life and work with me. Thanks again for having me. This was fun. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends and colleagues and consider giving it a review on iTunes. That could help others find it and motivate them to give it a try. At austinarttalk.com, you can visit each episode's webpage to find links related to the relevant and interesting people, places, and things mentioned by each guest. And thanks to those who have reached out with encouragement and positive feedback. I really appreciate it. All the best to you and take care. Thank you.